2010 would be the first time that we were getting reports of a very violent tug, but also at the time described as a nobody. This is to Robbie Lawler, boys, rest in peace. We came to realise that this was a really serious, very violent player in, in the gangland scene. Fair play to If he was to pass away in these circumstances, some um, of his alleged victims would feel that it would definitely be a case of justice denied. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He's due to face kidnap charges later this year in the UK and has been a central and violent figure in the Drogheda feud. But it seems gang boss Cornelius Price is unlikely to ever face up to his crimes. Price, whose gang are suspected of a number of murders, including that of Willie Maugham and his pregnant girlfriend, Anna Varslavain, is currently in critical condition in hospital after being struck down by a terminal illness. Months short of his 40th birthday, Price has left a bloody mark on Ireland's underworld. And today I'm talking to journalist Ken Foy about the terrifying past of one of the most notorious gangland figures in modern criminal history. We discuss the County Meath compound where Price lived surrounded by his underlings. His role in the escalating violence in Drogheda, which culminated in the brutal murder of teenager Keen Mulready Woods. And we talk about the day he celebrated the death of rival mobster Robbie Lawler by toasting his demise. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Do you know how Cornelius Price is or what's the latest on his situation in hospital, Ken? Cornelius Price, uh, we understand, is still very gravely ill in a Welsh hospital. Um, It's understood that he's on a life support machine. Um, suffering from serious complications. He's been in uh, in an intensive care unit in the hospital for almost a month at this stage. He's due to go on trial in December. And I think I read in a story that you had written that that is his 40th birthday. It's looking unlikely that he's going to make that trial at this point. Yes, um, he's, he's on trial with another uh, a number of his associates and also um, a female as well. There's about half a dozen of them facing very serious charges. It's in relation to um, basically a kidnap plot, um, conspiracy to kidnap two other criminals who are from the London area and um, an undercover police operation in the, in the UK uncovered this um, in the summer of, of last year. Um, and it was a very detailed investigation, uh, lots of phone evidence, and I think there was a, there was a feeling uh, of certain confidence that there would be serious convictions in the case um, but the fact that he is gravely ill means, yeah, the, the trial is due to take place in December, but that, but that does seem unlikely now. However, in his case, but, it, but there is a number of co-defendants, including um, some, of his, some of his most senior and trusted associates, so it is likely that the trial uh, might go ahead without him anyway. So let's just go back a little bit to last summer and what Cornelius Price is doing in the UK. Is he living in London at this point or is he there for a particular purpose which is suspected to be this kidnap? Well, Cornelius Price um, was released from 
prison um, in Ireland back in May 2019. And he had spent a number of months between the UK and, and Ireland um, up until, I suppose, the, the draw of the feud intensified out of all control um, with the murder of Keane Mulready Woods back in January of last year. Uh, after that happened, uh, Price basically moved to a very remote remote place, um, a, a town basically almost in the middle of nowhere, uh, where one of his associates had a plot of land. This, this is a town called Stourport on, on Severn. So um, when he was out in the UK, in the, in the months between him leaving Ireland in the aftermath of the Keane Mulready Woods and his arrest um, in July of last year, um, it seems he was he was uh, making a, a big name for himself in, in the UK. Um, other criminals in the locality had found out, I suppose through the media more so than anything, and also word of mouth, I guess, um, that this guy was a serious criminal player, and uh, they were flocking flocking to um, this property that he had. He he was also kind of a um, a respected figure within the. Uh, traveller community and was uh, refereeing uh, uh, bare-knuckle boxing and, and that kind of stuff. And ultimately, um, this, you know, he continued to be involved in very serious organised criminality and that, that's what led to his arrest in July of last year. And he was in custody then. Uh, he was charged and was in custody um, right up until, I think it was around March or April, uh, when he was released um, on bail to face trial uh, in December. So now let's just place him, if we can, and where he sits in the, the that Drogheda feud. Um, he's a native of Gormanstown in County Meath. We've often described where he lives in recent years in Gormanstown as a compound. It's a big site um, which is surrounded and very difficult to penetrate. And I think we photographed in the past from the sky to get an, a, you know, a bird's eye view of it. But is that where he was born and grew up or how does he come to live there? He's, 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 in his younger years, he would have spent a lot of time in the English uh, city of Rochdale. But also um, his, his family would have moved between there and North County Dublin and what we know as the comp- compound in Gormanston. And he eventually settled, spending a lot more time in Ireland um, once he was in his early 20s. But he also always travelling back to the UK. But I suppose with Cornelius Price, we have to go all the way back um, to around 2010, uh, where it would be the first time that we were getting reports of a, of a, a very violent tug, but also at the time described as a nobody. Um, but what happened is, he, uh, relations of his, uh, very notorious criminals, uh, two brothers, they were actually sh- uh, shot dead within six months of each other. John Paul Joyce and Tommy Joyce from Kulak uh, were main players in a very serious uh, cocaine um, and heroin distri- distribution uh, network. Um, a major gang, they have been... Um, one of the main suppliers in, in the capital's north side for a number of years before they were shot dead. And obviously, um, with them gone, it left room for somebody to, to come in. And that person was uh, Cornelius Price. So in the, in the, I suppose in the, in the immediate years after the deaths of the two brothers, we were getting reports of, you know, there was isolated incidents, incidents of serious assaults, maybe sh- uh, shots being fired into 
uh, doors of houses up Balbriggan area, swords. And more, you know, we were hearing more and more about this Cornelius Price. But I guess it wasn't until um, 2013 that he really started to be shown that he, he was a, a gangland figure of serious substance. Um, back in November 2013, uh, Price had been in a, in a very vicious feud with an, another North County Dublin um, family, basically, to where uh, the White Houses. And Price and his associates were in a, a bitter dispute with this other crew. And I suppose it really came to big attention when there was a very serious violent disorder incident outside a primary school in Balbriggan, which almost led to a number of children being knocked over. And this was, a, this was um, probably the most serious incident invo- involving this feud. There had been a, a number of tit-for-tat incidents, uh, damage of properties and, and serious assaults. But this was a situation that almost led to some children being killed and armed guard patrolling outside the school. And um, within a month of that, there was a horrific incident involving uh, Cornelius Price and his close associate, long-time associate, Owen McGuire, um, where it's alleged that they lured um, a number of uh, members of the White House faction to a house and um, they were slashed with Stanley Blades. And actually the scene at the time when we were reporting on it back in the Herald, a senior source had described it like something like Reservoir Dogs. It was that gruesome. So ultimately, Price was charged in relation to both those matters, the, the violent disorder outside the primary school and the Stanley Blade attack. Um, it was a number of years later, he was actually cleared in relation to both of those matters after trial by jury. But um, he certainly from that point on, which is what, it's, God, it's eight years ago now at this stage, he is, that's when... Uh, we we came to realise that this was a real, really serious, very violent um, player in, in the gangland scene. And now Cornelius Price is in his early 30s at that stage. Um, in 2014, so in the kind of months after these incidents you're talking about, Benny Whitehouse is actually shot dead. Yes, after Benny Whitehouse was shot dead after um, dropping his... Um, children to school. Um, again, a horrific incident. 9.20 a.m. in the morning when this planned murder happened. The chief suspect for the shooting is actually one of Price's closest associates. He, he's a hitman from England that uh, Price would have grown up with. Um, and in fact, uh, while Price was never suspected of being a gunman in, in, the, in the horrific murder of Benny Whitehouse, which is unsolved, by the way, and um, there's never been a charge in it, Price was arrested as part of the investigation for withholding information. Um, so he he was certainly someone that, at the very least, Gardy believe had intimate knowledge of what was a one of the most shocking murders, I suppose, in re, in in recent years. There's not a you, there's not a lot said about it now, but to, for a man to be gunned down at that hour of the morning outside a, a primary school was just truly shocking. And I suppose this was all in an era before the Kinnan Hutch uh, feud had kicked off as well. So it was. I recall not knowing exactly who Benny Whitehouse was at the time or much about him, but hearing that his murder was very significant and it was going to lead to retaliation and it was going to, it was one of those murders that wasn't just going to be parked. Um, so Cornelius Price has arrived as such when it comes to gangland. At this point, he's big time known on the scene and he's a pretty volatile, scary character and in tow with 
Owen Maguire, who will come on to later, who's also a very significant character from the Drogheda area. But in in a year after Benny Whitehouse's murder, 2015, Willie Maum and Anna Verse Levine, I'm probably pronouncing her name incorrectly. Tell me about them, who they were and what happened there. Just to say, um, so in relation to Willie Maum and um, his then pregnant partner, Anna, um, they, they were last seen alive at Price's compound back in April 2015. At this stage, Price had been charged in relation to the other matters and um, he had been on bail. And there was a bizarre incident just be- three months before this this terrible double murder of, of that tragic couple. Um, Price, as part of his bail conditions, um, ha- had been required to live in Clondalkin um, to keep him basically out of the, the particular area where he, the Gormans, Tim Balbriggan, um, Drogheda, all these areas where he was causing such terror. So... He was he was put in a dress in Clondalkin, but what he did back in January 2015 was he he suspected of staging an attempted hit on himself, um, where it's it's suspected that one of his associates um, went to fire a number of shots at him as he as he drove into um, his house. It was actually even they, they left a, a couple of uh, bullet casings at the scene, but the ultimate effect of, of that incident was that it, it meant Price was able to plead for his bail conditions to be, to be changed and he, he was able to move back to his compound in Gormanston where um, he, a number of criminals and other people and some people who were down on their luck lived. And um, Anna Mon, uh, or sorry, uh, Willie Mon and his partner were, had been living in the area. But they were, sorry, in the compound, um, the belief is that they wanted to move back to their family home in Tala. But after having living, lived in that locality um, for a number of months, they had intimate knowledge of much of the gang's activities, including the murder of uh, Benny Whitehouse. And it's, the suspicion is that because they were looking to, to get out, to move out, and with the knowledge that they had, um, the gang decided to brutally murder them and uh, their bodies have never been located. So just to describe this compound place, um, it's an area of land that where Cornelius Price has his own, be it caravan or, or structure that he lives in. And there are other caravans and mobile homes around it that people come and go from. So gang members almost live within this compound with him. Yes, family members, um, other gang members, and oftentimes, some be, it's a situation where people down under luck have have often been taken in by price, um, and and some of these p- people have been described as gophers or modern day slaves. In fact, um, earlier this year, one of these uh, gophers, so he's kind of an interesting character in a way. Stephen Gibbons is his name. He was nicknamed Gibby. He was essentially a slave for the gang. He received seven years um, for possession of a of a very old machine gun um, at at the Circuit Court in Mead uh, during the summer. But um, this guy would be kind of almost typical of some some of the people that Price used for his enterprises. Um, if if he didn't do what he was told, he was liable to get a severe beating. There was a famous incident where. Price was in jail in Clover Hill prisons and Gibbons was tasked with going in with a mobile phone to, 
to the Price organization. But but Gibbons not being the smartest criminal in the world, when he arrived in, he got he got past he, into the visiting area. He forgot the name of the person he was due to uh, meet to hand over the phone, and subsequently got caught with the phone and a small amount of um, drugs, uh, which which were to be destined for the organization. So he, a lot of the people that would have the criminals that would have been on that compound certainly were not criminal masterminds. There were people that were really down on their luck. They, they, weren't, they weren't getting a, a proper wage or anything like that for, for their criminal activities. And, and this guy, uh, Gibbons, would be certainly a prime example of that. And Willie Mom and, and his girlfriend, Anna, they, what, what's Willie Mom's background? I know his family have been very active in campaigning for, you know, Gardy to continue in the hunt, the search. Their bodies have never been found, Ken, isn't that right? Their bodies have never been found, despite a number of searches. And I suppose um, one of the more detailed searches it was just a couple of months after um, their disappearance. Uh, not their disappearance at this stage hadn't been classified as as murder, but I did, the big, big suspicion was that it was a double murder. So there was a quarry near um, Price's compound, which... Um, had been used, in fact, you know, for storing weapons and drugs. And in fact, in, in, the, in the course of a search for this missing couple, Gardy uncovered a sizable amount of illegal drugs. But on one occasion that they were searching there, and it was involved dozens of officers, Price uh, was seen kind of at this, at this cordon, sneering at the Gardy and, and muttering away and, and just having a great laugh, really. Now, he may have um, got off the... Other charges we discussed, but in January 2014, he drove his car at a Garda and in February 2017, he was charged with endangering a Garda. And I think he went to jail for a couple of years at that point in 2017. So the investigation is ongoing into the whereabouts of Willie Moam and his girlfriend, Anna. Um, There is a feud brewing in Drogheda with his... uh, associate Owen Maguire and he goes to jail where he's not a very popular prisoner he um he seems to rub everyone up the wrong way in prison yes particularly the jail authorities who caught him with illegal mobile phones a number of times he was suspected of despite being locked up suspected of continuing to bark out orders from his prison cell and threaten people that owed his gang money for drugs and people that he was starting to believe were touts etc but probably one of the most significant uh, things that happened while he was served his three-year prison sentence was, I suppose, because of his uh, activities, he, he often got moved around within the prison system as a disciplinary mechanism. And it brought him down to Cork Prison. Uh, I'm not sure if, I think it was uh, some point in 28, probably the summer of 2018. And another very troublesome inmate was in Cork Prison at the time. And uh, this was uh, Robbie Lawler and... A serious altercation happened between the two men, which reflected what was starting to brew at the same time in Drogheda, because uh, Robbie Lawler uh, would have been connected with a gang um, led by two brothers in Drogheda who were feuding with uh, Cornelius Price's very close associate, Old Maguire, and his associates. And... Um, this altercation in Cork Prison, uh, certainly the authorities were um, were loath to have those two uh, criminals anywhere near each other again. So, like, Price continued to be a very troublesome inmate until he was released from 
jail in May uh, twenty uh, uh, May twenty nineteen, and it is telling that once he came, there was there was major fears. You remember it yourself, Nicola, as well. There was major concern among the Gardaí and. Um, everyone was a bit tense about the release of this guy and so approved once he was out. Um, within weeks, there, there was... Um, and Because there had been... Old Maguire had been shot the previous summer and left paralysed. Um, but there had been no real revenge from his faction. But within weeks of... Maybe call, call it a coincidence, but as the Gardaí certainly weren't at the time, there was a number of um, really serious attempts on, on the, the, the rival gang leaders, um, attempted shootings that we're very lucky to survive with. And ultimately, then in August 2019, so it's, what, three months after Price is out, uh, the first murder of the, draw, of the feud happens when a, a very low junior, a low-level junior member of the rival gang, the anti-Maguire gang, a chap called Keith Brannigan, was shot dead at a caravan park. And um, again, it, it, all this activity d- during the summer and leading up to the shooting in August 2019, uh, there had been a feeling that the Maguire gang had been on the back foot ever since Owen had been shot and left paralysed. But, but once Price was released back out, um, it, it, the tables completely turned and it discontinued as well with the, um, with the murder then of another, uh, I suppose, a senior man in the background of, of the anti-Maguire gang, uh, Richie Carberry, who was shot dead in County Mead in a, ver- in a planned assassination in November of 2019. So coming up to the Christmas, coming up to Christmas, um, uh, during that period, the the Maguire faction were were essentially two 0 up in terms of murders, and Gardy were then faced with another headache, where with Robbie Lawler uh, due to be released and he uh, from jail himself, and this happened just days before Christmas, and you had a situation where uh, Price at that particular time was in England. But Lawler came out of jail and was issuing threats to have uh, Price's murder, sorry, Price's mother murdered, and this led Price to come back. And that Christmas New Year period, going into 2020, things were just so very, very tense in um, in Drogheda because of the situation and North Dublin and Gardaí were braced for very, very serious um, consequences. But I don't think anyone expected. Uh, what was going to happen with with the absolutely grotesque and savage murder of a 17-year-old boy in uh, mid-January. And there's people before the courts in connection with the murder of Cian Mulready-Woods, but we can say that his body was dismembered and um, it was found over a period of time um, in locations that were significant to the feud. I think um, Cornelius Price at one point during the hunt for the the remains of of Mulready Woods, that it was around his compound up in Gormanston that the Gardaí were concentrating some of the efforts to find the unfortunate child's head. Well, I believe at the time Gardaí had received in, intelligence that um, it, it's like some of a Mexican cartel series that Keane's torso was was due to be delivered to uh, Price's compound. And um, as part of, uh, they carried out a number of searches and as part of those searches, they actually uncovered that firearm that um, his associate Stephen Gibbons is, is serving that seven-year sentence. But the torso, in fact, was, was never found at the compound. It's, it's believed that the criminals, seeing that the heat 
that was coming on on them from Gardaí actually um, buried it just a couple of hundred yards from the the scene in Rath, the house in Rathmullen Park where the teenager was killed. Um, so the torso was never delivered there. Uh, but after that, um, Price basically left Ireland um, and re- has not really returned since. Now, a lot of all these um, grotesque killings and feuds that we're discussing have been played out on social media. This has been something that has been very um, particular to the groupings up in Drogheda and indeed to Cornelius Price himself. Um, Robbie Lawler was famously challenged on the street by some rivals and we can hear a little bit of that audio. Yes! That's only the start of it! That's only the start of it! That's only the start of it, Robbie! Uh, so that shows how these guys were not only threatening one another but they were also finding it, uh, finding time really to put these incidents up on social media for everybody's entertainment. Um, now, moving forward, when Robbie Lawler was murdered up in Belfast um, in April of, of that year, of 2020, Cornelius Price himself put up a little celebratory video, didn't he, from his, his new home in the UK. Did you video? This is to Robbie Lawler, boys, rest in peace. He's not even worth saying rest in peace, but fair play to you, Dean. There you go, boys. Captain Morgan. Captain, Captain Morgan. Morgan. Were you shocked when you saw that now? Um, I have to say, like yourself, Nicola, haven't seen so much um, how social media has been used by these criminal gangs, and particularly in relation to this feud. I can't say I was shocked, but uh, it's a sense of um, having a kind of a wry smile. Um, Price was making, he was drinking a Captain Morgan's, and he was making no secret of the fact that he was absolutely delighted that... Um, that Robbie Lawler had been shot dead. He looks rather smug in the video as he uh, he downs the point. And actually his voice, you know, isn't it always the way these guys, you sort of don't expect them to have sort of those squeaky voices? He's got a very distinctive voice, all right, Nicola, yeah. Am I alone there with that? But um, anyway, at that point, he's, he's cheering the murder of Robbie Lawler. He looks like the cat who's got the cream. And in the months that follow... Things go downhill. It's sort of a lesson to us all, maybe not to gloat at another's misfortune. He's caught during the kidnap plot. He is given bail but facing trial, which would likely lead to his conviction. And now he has been essentially rushed to hospital where he remains in critical condition. Yes, um, there, there is grave, I suppose, concerns for his future health. Um, he's been in an ICU ward for a month. I suppose we've finished by, by saying that um, there's, there never seems to be a honeymoon ending to any of these guys' lives. There's always an inevitability that uh, they don't go off into the sunset. Now, nobody could have foreseen that Price would end up with a, a critical illness, but nonetheless, um, he was certainly facing an end to his reign one way or another. Well, I know from speaking to people who are close to some of his alleged victims that if he is perhaps to die a death in hospital um, and not face justice, um, even if it's, you know, at this stage, 
how likely it is. Well, the, the Gardaí are continuing to very actively investigate the disappearance of um, of, of that missing couple, and it, it's led to multiple arrests, and many of them are very close, um, and often female associates of Price. But in relation to his illness and being in hospital, there is a, a sense that um, from some of some of his alleged victims that I've spoken to, that they would feel that if he was to die, um, you know, if a life support machine, for example, is switched off and he's to die almost to death of, for want of a better word, a normal person in a hospital ward, rather than even face the, ju- face the justice in relation to the kidnap plot, which if he would be convicted of, the UK has very much heftier sentences than we have here in relation to Ireland, in relation to organised crime. He could be facing anything up to possibly 16 to 18 years um, if, if being convicted of being the mastermind of that plot out there. So um, there is a feeling that if he was to pass away uh, in these circumstances, uh, some, some um, of his alleged victims would feel that it would definitely be a case of justice denied. As always, Ken Foy, thank you very much. Thanks, Nicola. been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. <laughs>